Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 12.80 The Zone. We're going to talk to to Christian Cox coming up here momentarily. But what you do at Thanksgiving, that is not helping with the meal. Yes, you, it is. You put together a, a green bean casserole. I do. You open a can of soup and a can not, of green beans not and you true. put it in the microwave. No. That is not helping. No, no. I, I build it from scratch. It takes all morning. Uh, and I get fresh beans. What do you I don't mean, build can, it from I don't scratch. can beans. What, what you grow the beans in you? your yard, do you? <laughs> what What about opening a Campbell's cream of mushroom soup is doing it from scratch? And why is it taking cut, all morning even I, from scratch? I, I, cut, I, I, three ingredients. I cut up the onions and I, you know, put it all together. I do use some uh, soup. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be careful, not too much salt. Be careful so it's with taking that. you hours to cut the onions? Yeah, I gotta get the cheese in there and then the, the onion rings. Oh yeah, I mean I'm telling you. And see, you guys don't even believe it. You mean the I onion rings? You mean those those crisp things that come out of the can? From scratch. From scratch. Right out of the can. <laughs> right. All I can tell you is everybody loves it. I bet they'd love it it's, more if you did the dishes. It's, I do that, too. Oh, please. I do. I don't believe you. Man, you Where's guys... Lisa? Lisa, let us know. Does Gordon, does Gordon do the dishes for things? He might, but he has to ask where every single dish goes. That's a great point. No, no, I don't. I know where to put it in the dishwasher. I just don't know where to put it in the cupboard. <laughs> but I've loaded my share of dishwashers. Oh, that is, a, that is the quote <laughs> of the century. I know where to put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> I don't know where to put it away. <laughs> I usually sort of know where, but you know, there's a few things that stump me. Anyway, we hope everyone has a fantastic Thanksgiving this week. So you're doing uh, you're you're doing the the bean casserole again? Yeah, right? and then I help out in other ways. For example, know. well, if uh, any help any help that's needed, you know. <laughs> For example, well, I mean, if, here's if, the credit card. You know, if I someone, if the mashed potatoes need to be whipped. I'm there because I'm in the kitchen. I'm helping. Do you help? You don't help at of all. Of course I help. You do? Well, I. What know, do you do? I you know, do a few things. Like what? <laughs> the green bean casserole. <laughs> no, if, if we host, I, uh, I'll i do plenty of cooking, but we're not hosting this well, year. Well, you never host. Huh? You never you did host. just no, last year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we did just last year. You yeah, did? we host all the time. What'd you do? Cooked. You did? Uh, right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> What if the freezer gets stuck? All right, let's uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease Tragedy. any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, former Ute and our good friend Christian I get my Cox. Get out and fix it. Hi, Christian. How are you today? You know, I am not worthy to be talking to you and the Godfather, Mr. Monson. I apologize for my plane delays of last week, and I'm glad you let me get back on the air with you guys. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, that we, was, we did have some fun at your expense, though, Christian. Uh, that, uh, that did happen. And apparently uh, a friend of yours reached out to you, and, and then you you told him to call Austin or something? 
I had a bunch of people reach out to me. Unfortunately, <laughs> when you're on a Delta flight, you can only iMessage, and apparently you and Austin are Android users and can't iMessage you. And so I got a bunch of people blowing me up, and they ended up calling Austin to on an airplane, but I'm very embarrassed by that. Well, That's we awesome. were happy that you were safe and sound. Agreed. That was our main We concern. were worried. About After you. we ridiculed you. You know how to warm someone's heart. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, way real quick before we dive into the Utes, what what's your uh, your role in in the Cox family Thanksgiving? Are, are you do you cook? You you clean the dishes? What uh, are you just sitting on the couch? You obviously don't know my wife. If I'm sitting on the couch, I'm divorced. Uh, <laughs> candidly, uh, my wife, we do a pre-Thanksgiving, which we did yesterday. Oh, nice! Uh, the full thing. She makes pies. The, it's the full fledged Thanksgiving dinner. I only do one thing. She makes everything. We're talking the full turkey, stuffing. Like, she's actually an amazing cook. And I make what's called Texas corn. Think of cream cheese, butter, and corn with jalapenos. Oh, And it actually is really tasty. And that's about the only thing I can make. Well, that sounds it's, pretty it's good. It's not bad, but oh. it's good. So it doesn't you, meet my nutritional requirements, but it's good. So you had that yesterday? So what do you do on Thursday? And uh, we'll have a, a real Thanksgiving with the whole family. And but she likes to have our own little oh, Cox family small nice. with our young kids. Okay, nice. all right. Okay, well that that uh, corn thing sounded pretty good. It did, yeah, man. That... You'll have to pass along the recipe. Do you uh, do you make get... it? You can make it. Do you do you, do you use fresh corn or do you take it out of a can or what do you do? Or, organic corn from Costco. One bo one bar of organic butter and one. Or get non-organic Philadelphia cream cheese. Cook those in your pan first. Make them all creamy, and then you dump half of the corn in. And I don't know Italian. It's like mild jalapenos. It's not spicy. It's like mild. They're like starts with an M. It's like some Italian. It's like looks like a little jar. It's a jar of pickles, and you put half of those in there, and it's it's actually mm. delicious. It's oh, really wow. good. The Galloping so. Gourmet is not at a slow trot. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll get down to business. Uh, Christian, what do you think? Uh, the Utes, I mean, it wasn't perfect against Arizona, but they did uh, exactly what they had to do, and they romped that team. Unfortunately, Oregon didn't hold up really its end of the bargain. It's crazy to watch both games simultaneously or try to, right, because the Fox Sports was had that other game playing to, to swap over, and the end of that Arizona State game was just so insane especially that third and 14 completion, and then Herbert just playing terrible. And, and even before, uh, you know, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, I, I thought Oregon's 100% beatable, uh, but they looked they looked pretty, pretty sad uh, on the road against Arizona State. Utah hasn't had success there, so what am I to, who am I to, to throw shade at them? But uh, it depends on, you know, what time you asked me about this Utah game. I feel way more optimistic now just by – the fact of, you know, Utah's college football playoff opportunity and how balanced this team is across the three sections. If you micro, you know, break down Arizona in general, yeah, should they have scored 50 points? Should they score 55? Did you get stopped twice on fourth down? Yes. Did Tyler Huntley throw his first interception in a long while? Yes. But they were just playing clock game, and they wanted to just, you know, kind of just win the game and grind it down, and and that's what they did. And I think for people who go back and uh, the sad part, I think you guys have alluded to this quite a bit, right? The beauty pageant side of this college football playoff of 
four teams with five power uh, five conferences to get four people in is just really insanity, right? Is when you you bake it all down is we're comparing who beat who and who won what and how much did you win by and what's your best win and who's your what's your strength of schedule, which are all you know relevant things to be comparing. But end of the day, don't you want to be seeing the best football of the best teams playing at the right time at the end of the year? and throwing them into its own gauntlet of a playoff series, just like March Madness or even high school football, right? Uh, it's the teams that peak. And we, we talked about this before, but you look at the Washington Nationals, they're 14 games below 500 in May, and they end up beating Houston, who's really good, who's to say they weren't stealing signs or whatever, but they got hot at the right time. And I think Utah has gotten better week after week after week after week after week after week. And I can put my stamp on it, and I guess we'll, we'll see after the Saturday. But this is one of the best Utah football teams that we get to witness every week. They're one of the most balanced teams that we've ever seen. And they don't even have a really good like kicking game and punting game because they don't have to have it because that's how good the defense is and that's how good the offense really is and, and moving the ball uh, methodically and – having a myriad of play calls that uh, runners that, you know, uh, the team can go to. And so for me, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to, to watch them stomp teams. And this is in the Pac-12. Yeah, maybe the Pac-12 might be down. But this reminds me of, you know, at the end of the Sugar Bowl years in 08 when Utah was, I think it was the game, it was the final game of the season, Utah beat San Diego State 70-0. to And, you know, you beat UCLA. 49 to 3 or whatever that score was right and for utah they just it, it's so fun it's so fun to watch the defense and nobody really likes to watch defense unless you're a football junkie this team is so balanced and offensively tyler huntley you can't say it enough he throws such a good tight spiral and on time and he's tough and zach moss is a freak and all these receivers um, from, you know, Damari Simpkins to Samson Nakua to Ennis, right, uh, to Fotheringham as a tight end and Keefe, it just it's a complete team and they've stayed healthy and you hope they can just smash Colorado and you hope they can smash Oregon and throw their, throw their hat in the ring of please show us as to why we're not the best team in the league in the NCAA as of this moment. Don't penalizes for poor strength of schedule and it's actually good that BYU is winning too so and that's that's kind of where we are and that was a very long-winded uh answer for you very thorough Christian very yeah but thorough. that's that's good uh Christian I okay let me start by by saying I think this is the most talented U team I've ever seen I really I really believe that when you look at the way that defense plays when all the stuff that you mentioned fantastic uh I, I just don't know. I mean, who who are who have the Utes beaten? The Pac-12 sucks this year. I mean, it doesn't suck, but it's not good this year. So this team hasn't been tested the way maybe you would hope it would be. But all of that filters back to this beauty pageant thing. I mean, how are you supposed to decide? You just mentioned a bunch of stuff that the committee has to look at, but n- none of that really is what you're taught growing up and as a as a, a, a premium athlete, what is most important, right? You don't sit there and say, hey, guys, we have to win this game by four touchdowns. Not three, by four. Who the hell cares about that? And that's the fallacy to this whole system. 
If Utah wins the Pac-12, they should be in, just like every other conference champion, and then three at-large teams. And then, boom, we're done. We don't have to deal with this crap anymore. I, I love opinion. I love opinion. We, we make a living by expressing opinion. But I don't think it should provide or prevent opportunity for teams. I totally agree with you, Gordon. Uh, I look at it from three different perspectives, and these, and I hopefully I can get these perspectives right. One is, who's to say um, Alabama uh, has played uh, any really tough, tough, tough teams aside from LSU? Which LSU is arguably, and I've seen them play. Joe Burrow is, is I say, the Heisman. Uh, he'll be the Heisman winner this year. The best offense. And their defense isn't the best in the league, but close. Who has Clemson honestly played this year, right, in terms of they almost lost to North Carolina, and that's all we can draw against. Uh, Georgia, who is Georgia on it? Georgia doesn't look like a top-four team, in my opinion, right? They lost to South Carolina. South Carolina lost to, lost to Tennessee, and I, I just don't think they're a really complete team. When you're, when you're comparing, I hope the committee looks at, hey, who's going to give us the best bang for our buck? And who's a complete football team, offense, defense, and special teams? Utah, offensively and defensively, elite, right? Special teams, kicking, you know, no one really cares about as much as we want to put, you know, emphasis on it. So as you look at those, it's, 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 you know, that's what we're up against. And the other perspective I look at is, you know, the year of the Sugar Bowl. We ended up beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, Julio Jones was this, one of the starting freshmen. Yes, Mark Ingram was a backup running back that we owned. And the defense and Brian John, the defense, you know, smothered them. And uh, Brian Johnson got us up twenty-one to zero quickly. They weren't ready for us. But who did we beat that year to make us the second-ranked team in all of the nation? End of the year when Tim Tebow and them ended up being ranked number one at the end of it all, right? Uh, we beat Michigan on the road, which Michigan had a down year. We beat Oregon State at home late in the year. And it's just, it's all so darn subjective, right? It's just subjective information. And uh, it's just a real challenge to, to disseminate. And, and you know, it, the Pac-12, it has been down this year. And for me, I, I draw back again on my own personal experiences in 2003, a long time ago, 16 years ago. Uh, my, uh, played at Bountiful High, played for a guy named Larry Wall, who played at Utah, who Coach Roderick played for him, and uh, very close ties, one of my greatest mentors, aside from, you know, Coach Whittingham, and uh, and obviously, you know, Bill Belichick is his own entity, and they all have similarities, but uh, that year, we were undefeated up until, I think, game six, we lost to Highland, and we lost to Olympus, but we'd beaten Lone Peak that year, but we got on a hot streak and we rallied off five wins to win the state title for the second year in a row. But if we didn't have the, the actual chance, we wouldn't have known that we were the best team. Those other teams got eliminated, right? We beat them out. We, we beat a really good East team that had three 1,000-yard rushers that year, and uh, Anoka Hifoka and Eric Hakanima, and guys that, you know, these are people people don't really recognize. And, you know, these uh, that's where Fui Vakapuna played uh, up at East. But... That's my three different perspectives, and it's just, it's a shame. It's a shame that the only sport that uh, doesn't have a real tournament, right, nobody pays attention to the College World Series, but that looks like a hell of a good time. Um, you know, so does uh, so does the NCAA tournament that, you know, generates billions of dollars for CBS and TBS uh, for the nonprofit, you know, NCAA. So 
while it's the circumstance of where we are, yeah, it's improved from the BCS days of some, you know, computer that puts the top two. They got to go to eight eventually. They got to play a little earlier and cut down on, um, you know, they can do they can do one more set or a couple more playoff games, and that's what America wants. And uh, it'd be really cool to see who the real champion is at the end of that. Christian, you mentioned uh, playing for Witt and playing for Coach Belichick, that they have uh, some similarities. Uh, what are those? We lightly touched on this, but um, I think their background, right? They're, they're both uh, sons of coaches, right? Um, you know, I, I've only heard the stories of Fred and Fred Whittingham and, um, you know, his NFL experience and, uh, basically, he's kind of the, the godfather of the 4-3 that Kyle runs, that Gary runs, and Kalani runs hybrids of it, and Coach Pease reintroduced and helped consult with us during the Sugar Bowl. And uh, two is they're both uh, extremely uh, militant in a good way, like structured, the process defines out your results, your one eleventh, you know, do your job. They both have these crossovers and they're extremely competitive right uh you know outside of football kyle's an extreme competitor at tennis and golf and all these other things and uh so is bill belichick with with fishing and loves loves spending time with his kids his kids are on his coaching staff and um you know you look at them uh kyle obviously was a, a great college football player bill belichick had a bone crushing uh career ending injury in, in like a d2 school you can go look it up in, uh, an article on espn about him but both of them are just fascinating humans that are just addicted to process and repeating the process and that's what's made him so good and um the coaches that are under them that learn they just continue to go out and flourish you know as we talk about the coaching trees you know, um, you know, from Fred Whittingham, it's it's Kyle and Gary, and there's parts of Urban and Kalani and Aaron Roderick, and it just goes so deep. And you look at Bill Belichick, you know, you got Matt Patricia with the Lions. Uh, shoot, I forgot our OC's name. He's um, he's with the Houston Texans right now. Has a dimple on his chin. Uh, you had Romeo Cornell, who didn't have a lot of success, but. Uh, you know, Brian Flores was a great grad assistant when I was there in 2011. He's a head coach in Miami. And, you know, I think that's what a real leader is. A real leader is someone who can lead other coaches to get the most out of their players, but are just, you know, uh, allows them to go out and succeed at other jobs, right? And um, lets them grow. And Kyle is that. Kyle is, uh, you know, everyone, once you've earned Kyle's love and appreciation, you've become one of his guys, you're one of his guys forever. And, Guys legitimately sacrifice just to have Kyle say, yeah, you did a good job. You did it right. You did it our way. And once you've done it the Utah way, you're in the brotherhood forever. And that's why I see guys like Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley who make sacrifices to not go to the NFL early and stay to breed a winning uh, team that's probably one of the best. And, again, my, my view is limited. It's My, my view is you know, some of the teams from the 90s with Ron, but more of the Sugar, the, the sugar Bowl Fiesta Bowl. Uh, our year, we were okay. We are good, but we weren't as amazing as these guys. And these guys are some of the most talented, balanced teams. And I'm sure Morgan Scali could speak to that. Well, Christian, as always, thank you for jumping on with us. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and we'll catch up with you next week. Happy Thanksgiving, Jake. See you guys. Thanks, Christian. 
Christian Cox, our good friend, the former Ute and former Patriot, thought that was interesting. The the comparisons there with uh, with Bill uh, with Bill Belichick, no doubt. Uh, Christian played for some uh, great coaches in his career, including uh, his high school coach uh, Larry Wall. Right? Is yeah. that uh, who he mentioned up there at Bountiful? So, uh, thanks to Christian for jumping on.